Hey, welcome back to Gig Stories with Music People. I am your host, Evan Michael, in Los Angeles, California. With me today over Zoom, although we found out she's just down the street, is Mona Najib, originally from Sweden. She's been living in LA for a while now. She's a recording artist, wonderful singer, songwriter. She's She also does some acting and voiceover work and teaching. She does a whole bunch of stuff. You can check out uh, her music on Spotify. You can check it out on her website, monanajib.com. Also on Instagram, Daughter of a Nomad. She's got a new song coming out in May. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Mona's just a really sweet person, really nice to talk to. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys do too. Remember to follow Gig Stories with Music People on Instagram. For my stuff, Evan on the bass, the underscore spacement. Enjoy. Are you still in LA or where are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. in Highland Park. Where are you at? Oh, okay, cool. I'm in Glendale. Oh, so you're like, yeah, we're neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? That it's always funny. like that. It's like, what? You live yeah. in, what? We're neighbors. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's been the teaching and um, I, when I was in Sweden, so I, I kind of experienced some visa issues oh. to, to yeah, give you a little bit of background. Um, so I was born and raised, raised in Sweden and I, I was in the U.S. on an artist visa. Right. And I ran into some complications and delays. And so what happened was I kind of put music on hold and I started doing auditions for acting, which was oh, a lot yeah. of fun. And I got a few commercial gigs and I realized, oh, God, acting is, is so much fun. I've always wanted to kind of get into it. But again, you know, I just put it on like the back burner. I just never really went for it. Um, so I got into that. And then once I came back to the U.S. again, I, I kind of slowly picked up music, but I hadn't. You know, I had to take a break from it. I think I was kind of just felt like I wasn't really motivated or inspired really to yeah. write or do anything related to music. <laughs> I think that happens, you know, yeah. with a lot of people. Uh, there's kind of an ebb and flow. I feel like we already started. This is like already good okay, information. Good. So if okay. if you're if you're cool with it, we're we, we're already going. Let's go. Yeah, because <laughs> we're getting go. a little bit of your back backstory. Yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah, continue. So, so you've been doing a lot of these kind of acting and, and voiceover things. Yeah, I, I got into acting back in, in Sweden and then I kind of continued here. So I've done some auditions here, but I, you know, I haven't, I haven't got an actual gig yet, but the auditions are always good. They're, they're really fun and it really gives you an opportunity to kind of let go and be silly and not take yourself so seriously. Because that's yeah. the most of the stuff that I've been doing is a lot of like just kind of, you know, I don't want to say like funny stuff or comedy stuff, but it's really a lot about getting out of your own head. So I kind of continued once once I came back to the U.S. and then, you know, I started doing voiceovers as well when I was in Sweden. So I just continued that once I was back in the U.S., um, mostly just in Swedish because I've been working with some Swedish companies. So I've been doing that. Um, and then... Uh, music, you know, was writing a little bit here and there. Um, but I would say maybe in the last like month or so, I kind of picked it back up again, mostly because I started a, I joined a songwriting, uh, course with a friend of ours from, from Lama. Oh yeah. I should call it, you know, Lackham. 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 Um, yeah. 
I'm kidding. That was great. What <laughs> I actually hadn't thought of that. Uh, <laughs> what was the songwriting course? Uh, it's called My Coffee Society with Inbar Star. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's really it was so much fun. I mean it's it was a group of people that I already know. Um so that but regardless, it's it's a great course and a lot of it is focusing in on um you know, it's not just the 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 technical aspect, I guess, of writing. It's also a very like deep rooted, almost like a soul searching. I don't want to say soul sh- searching, but it's a it's it's deep, right? It gets into a lot of stuff, and it and for me personally, once when I was in that course, I really learned to let go a little bit more because the whole concept is that you you write a song an original song mostly like for each we have meetings every other week so you present a song of yours and so you you do and for me that's always been i think most artists kind of experience this where it's like first of all we all i feel like i deal with the imposter syndrome of like what why am i here like i don't know yes. what am i doing right but then <laughs> I'm very just, familiar <laughs> exactly right and then just presenting a song for me was very you know vulnerable and it's like oh people are gonna listen to this oh look and like listening to yourself singing and oh i didn't hit that note or what's that lyric about you know but it's not even about delivering something perfect it's really about the process of creating which i thought was so much fun so i find that after i completed that course i i just don't care as much anymore about the the outside stuff of like, it's about the song, right? It's about what you're creating. It's about the process of creating it. But then all this other stuff about like, what are they going to think or what's, how is this going to be received is not as important, right? Yeah. Um, or at least that was something that really came through through this uh, course. So it was so much fun. And that kind of um, has now put me in a place of just wanting to write again from like a true just one like true intention of wanting to create something with no expectation really and that's been a lot of fun i haven't felt that in a while that's awesome that's awesome that makes me want to do one of those courses again because yeah i i did a uh probably the most uh the one of the times i i wrote the most was when i was at lackham (laughs) (laughs) and did like one of the uh, one of the elective like songwriting courses where we had to had to make something every week and it was just it really like you said it really pushed you to or really pushed me to kind of like not have to be perfect and to just just get something down because I wanted to have something to show yeah and it really knocked a lot of a lot of things loose yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, and now I miss it now hearing you talk about it <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun it really yeah. is that's awesome well and you have a new song coming out Soon, yes, right? yes. Um, hopefully in May, the way it's looking, according to the plan, hopefully it'll come out in May. And this is a song yeah. called Roots. Okay. Um, and so my parents are from Morocco. I was born and raised in Sweden, but I've always, I've kind of always felt this like just being torn between two cultures. Yeah. You know, am I Moroccan? Am I Swedish? Like, what, what am I? Um, and the older I get, the more I feel like it's not necessarily about choosing or or being like okay i'm i'm moroccan or i'm swedish or i'm both it's really just embracing all of it you know what i mean yes and so once i 
I started writing the song when I was stuck in Sweden due to these visa issues. And I was, you know, kind of trying to channel this, this like, you know, my Moroccan roots, basically. I mean, just the title of the song is pretty yeah. evident. So, um, and then I, I, I had gotten to know my friend Omar, who was from Egypt, and we met at Republic of Pi after I had done a gig there, and they went on after us, and and we exchanged, uh, you know, contact information, and and so when I was writing the song, I was like, oh, this would be perfect to to write with somebody who's also from, you know, Africa, North Africa, yeah, and so, yeah, that one is a really special song. I think I think it's again one of these things where I wasn't really just writing from a true place if that makes sense you know yeah um, genuine and genuine yeah i think that's that's how i look at it and you know my my dad i have these like facetime talks with my family every day pretty much my parents at least i have two brothers but you know my parents i talk to every day my dad and i my dad has this incredible life story of how he went from how he traveled from morocco to to sweden but so what I've done is I've recorded like voice memos of him talking and we put that in the song as well. So the song has this like, you know, earthy, groovy, like Moroccan beats kind of stuff. We have like Moroccan instruments in there. And, but it's also kind of like a hybrid. So there's like electronic elements in there too. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy and excited to, to release it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm really excited to hear it yeah, after that you. description. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, did you produce it yourself? Did you work with a producer? Uh, yes, Omar. Sorry, um, Omar is a producer, so Omar, he's the okay. one that's been yeah producing it. Um, but I guess I did like kind of a semi-production situation, like just presenting the song as a demo and being like, "Hey, this is kind of what I hear," but. Um, mostly I, I've recorded a demo and then it's kind of gone back and forth over the years because um, I was still in Sweden. So, he, but he produced it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Did was it? Uh, did you have to hire any any musicians too, or was that all kind of his his uh, thing? Yeah, he he did most of it. He does a lot of music and like placement, and he has he's had his own band before. He plays so many instruments. So the only thing that we really did, I had my husband, who's a drummer, play some some stuff too to add oh, to cool. it. Um, but other than that, it was just the three of us that kind of did it together. Very cool. Is it stylistically? So I was listening to some of your stuff last night, like on Spotify and on your website. Uh, really loved, I, I loved all of it. I, I loved Limbo and Howlin'. And then there was one that was only on your website. You're keeping it, you're keeping it, uh, I don't know, <laughs> just for the, the diehards that check your website. But come that song, come back to me. Oh yeah, I really loved that that song. Thank you. And I was like, ah, oh, that should be on Spotify too. But, Thank uh, <laughs> you. Yeah, I I think it's on SoundCloud as well. Okay. Yeah, SoundCloud, and it never made it to Spotify. I can't remember the reasoning behind that, but and I think that the whole point of my music. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like I'm just all over the place. You know, you listen to Limbo and then you listen to Come Back to Me. Like what? Is going on here <laughs> well that's what i was going to ask like stylistically yeah. how would you even describe your your sound or your style and and also is the new song in any of those same veins mm -hmm. or i guess the new song is probably like a hybrid between come back to me and, and then limbo if you want to place it somewhere stylistically i don't even know what to 
what box or what like what box to take or what, what where I even should place myself because I do. Sure. I think that's one of the hardest things that I encounter when people say, you know, like, what, what, what kind of style of music do you do? I generally go to just like, well, it's pop, you know, it just falls under the pop umbrella. And it's, but it's a little so bit much of this, more than bit. that. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's hard. I think that I, I grew up listening to a lot of pop. I'm from Sweden, right? So I have like all the, I used to listen to Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, like that is my, that's my jam, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then there's also like this soul R&B side of me. So I think that kind of comes through in my music. And then once I moved to the U S I s certainly started listening to more like singer songwriter, almost like country kind of stuff, which I guess come back to me is a, is a tribute to that, okay. <laughs> that side of it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was trying to think, I, I know that's like the hardest thing to describe your own music. Right. Uh, and you kind of sometimes have to just rely on other people's <laughs> sure. take. Uh, yeah. The, the closest thing and, and uh, we'll see if, if you like this or not, but uh, I was thinking a little bit of Adele mm -hmm. kind of vibe, and then yeah. also like almost like a Lord, because yeah, that, that and uh, maybe a little Billie Eilish, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. I love all of that. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, because there's like this I, yeah. kind of darker ethereal stuff on some of it that I really right. like. That I appreciate. So. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm curious to hear too. Like when you write songs, do you? I mean, for me, I just tend to write songs that are sad i you know they're just yeah it's not you know i don't necessarily identify as a as a sad or emotional person like that but they tend to be very dark and you know emotional so i have a hard time writing like super happy songs i don't know sure. if that's something you <laughs> feel i i do yeah it's it's hard not to feel like cheesy i guess uh right. but I have dabbled a little bit in trying to write um, just to like get out of the comfort zone and to write, write differently to try to write for like some licensing things mm -hmm. and um, try to try to write more positive, you know, things. I, yeah. I, I guess I've, I jump around, but a lot of, well, especially the last few years when I do go pen to paper, a lot of, a lot of darker things yeah. tend to come out just, you know, working through uh, different personal things. So sure, um, that's just, yeah, that, it, that is a good point. It's, it's hard. It is hard for me to write <laughs> positive things unless I really am like when I'm sitting down, that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, I'm going to write a song about right. like one of them was like, oh, this should be about friendship. So it's it like really just trying to like okay get out of the space of what I <laughs> feel yeah. like I want to want to let out and just focus on this topic. Uh, right. That's kind of the only way I can get around. <laughs> yeah. Around no, it. it's true. It does take a lot of. Um, it, yeah, yeah, it's a process for sure. Um, I've I've done that too, where we've had to write, um, just like work for hire, you know. Yeah. And it's it's definitely been like oh. It, it, for some reason, I just feel like what, what, my my the, the association I get is just like I am happy. Oh, my life is so good, you know. Like it just goes there, and I'm like, oh god, I, yeah. I got it's like the Lego. It's like the Lego Movie song, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. Which I'm blanking on how that even goes, but I just remember it was just, everything is awesome. Yes, right? thank you, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's was, a good song. Oh, it's great. 
it's perfect. Absolutely. It's perfect. <laughs> so you have you worked with a lot of different producers and musicians on your past songs? Yeah, I guess I have. I, I've and I've worked with a lot of them that you know music that just hasn't even ever been released. Sure. Um, the Lim- Limbo and Howling was with the Swedish duo Alessandro Cavassa, Cavassa and uh, Donny Lennevald. So Sandra, as you probably know, went to um, Lackham as well. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of different producers, I think. And it takes a while to also just kind of find that relationship with a producer. I've certainly had experiences where I'm like, well, this is, and I'm sure it's mutual, you know, with them, you know, me as a, a songwriter or just artist. It's just, there's, there's, there are things that have to, click you know just as far as like vibing yeah that's actually what i'm really curious about if if you if you want to elaborate on what what has worked what hasn't worked yeah uh, how how you find a producer and and musicians too but if you want to stick to producer sure i think a lot of it first and foremost has been about me getting out of my own head i think that i have not been able to be fully present fully just transparent maybe even in a writing session i think that that can inhibit you from really diving deep when you're working with somebody but i've had different experiences where it's been you know a little bit too much focused on like this is we want it to sound like this this is what we're going to make you sound like so the finished product is almost already like has been established right so the creative process then has not even been that much fun, to be completely honest. Sure. I think the most fun I've ever had is just really even starting a session with like just talking. Like, how are you? What's going on in your life? Like really getting to know each other. Yeah. And a lot of that is obviously up to you, right? Like how much do you want to share and how transparent you want to be? I think that for me, a lot throughout my life has been just insecurities. I think we all experience that, right? So um, once I kind of became more comfortable with who who I am and like what kind of music I want to write or, you know, what I'm just feeling that day, it has certainly enabled, you know, the the writing process to be more just, I, I guess, just more present, you know, more authentic. So the times that it, where it hasn't worked, it's just always kind of felt like, you know, we could create something, but it wasn't something that I was like, wow, look at that. Look what we made. Um and the times that we have had like a great session, I've had a great session is when, you know, I think that it, a lot of it to me just lately has become more and more about just being so present with in whatever I'm doing, you know, whether it's writing or just other aspects of life. Mindfulness, right? <laughs> exactly. Mindfulness. Yes. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's definitely a different headspace to write for a specific sound um, as opposed to just kind of seeing where the song takes it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, I think that's great. Uh, what about, um, what about when with musicians, uh, have you had good, bad, good or bad experiences hiring musicians either? And this could, you could think about it either studio wise or, or live. Hmm. I'd say overall, it's been very, uh, it's been great. Um, I think that there's a lot of, there's a level of trust that has to go into it. You know, these people, these musicians 
are, you know, they play their instrument and they know way more than I do. So for me, it's been a lot about just letting go of that control. I do think the challenge happens when you hear it a certain way in your head and you're trying to communicate that to a musician and it's not really clicking. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad at what they're doing. It's just a a communicative issue, I guess. But I have never really had a a gig where I'm like, uh, you know, where the musician just hasn't been it's just been terrible. It's never really happened like that. And I think that for me, I, I really, I really just don't even want to see him in terms of like just a musician, right? This is like a person. This is a human being. So for me, it's been so important to, to, you know, just the energy that I'm around. I think that that's been a, a very, very important thing. My overall experience with musicians has always been pretty good, I would say. I hear that. Yeah. How how have you gone about finding musicians when when you've needed them? Mm, mostly, I've I've had people that I've played with. Um, Bruno, guitarist Diego, um, are my guys that I've used for most of the stuff that I've done here in LA. Like when we were gigging around, just doing my trio stuff. Um, these are people I know from school. Other times. I've literally seen somebody on like Instagram, the friend of a friend or something like that. And I've always just been like, hey, I have this song or like I have this gig. Yeah. Do you want to play? So um, that's that's kind of how I've gone about it. That's cool. What? How? How? Tell me more about that process of like bringing one of your songs to these guys. And obviously, you know, you have a relationship with them, but I, I, I would just be curious from your side, just that pro- how that process goes and get trying to get out of them, you know, how you want it to sound? Uh, good question. Most of the time, I would, I will have something recorded. You know, if it's a song that I've written, I'll have it recorded. And then as we go through in rehearsal, I'll just kind of communicate like, oh, can we, can we do less of this or maybe a little bit more of that? Sometimes I, you know, I, I can play a little bit of guitar, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll do my best at that at times. But um, I think it's a lot of just getting together and like really trying to hash it out. Like, what what are you hearing? What am I hearing? And if they have suggestions, I'm always open to that. In the end, you still have to kind of be very honest with. I have to be very honest with myself because I'm, you know, it's it's always it's a sensitive area. I guess you don't want to ever just. Like, nah, no, I don't like that. Like, stop playing that. It's a, yeah. it's a very much just like how you say these things, right? So Definitely. a lot of it just takes place like in the room and then, you know, trying stuff out really is kind of how I go about it. Sure. And and yeah, that you sound like a, a good, a nice person to work with. Oh, thank you. <laughs> just the way you're describing it. Because I think as, as a, you know, a professional musician, I've worked with, all side, all sides of the spectrum, all right. Um, where people just kind of aren't so good at that aspect of like how to approach something that they don't like. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that can immediately make things really awkward. Yeah. So just being, like you said, mindful of how you're how you're bringing something up and creating a relationship with with the musician, and if you're on the musician side trying to create that comfort with with the artist is is so huge. Yeah, exactly. 
And I and, think that that's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, thinking also of my, the stuff that I've done as a, like a background singer, you know, if this, the singer's like, well, can we, I need a little bit more here. Like I need, okay, sure. You know, I mean, I'm here, you know, money's involved and, and all that, but ultimately it's your time that you're giving to somebody. I'm not yes. going to get that time back. You're not going to get that time back. So it's like, how do we respect that time? You know, so I think that that's why it's so important to be very, yeah, just mindful of how we communicate with each other. People are showing up, you know, for you sometimes too. So yeah, it's it's so important, I think. For sure, for sure. I, I, I guess I'd be curious to get any thoughts about, and I talk, I, I talk to our mutual friend, uh, Sarah V., yeah, uh, who's on episode three? I think it is. Cool. Um, and she was the first first woman on the podcast. Yes, Sarah. And you're number two. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> so you're both helping break break the barrier here. But nice. I was just curious if you have any thoughts about just being a woman in the music industry. I only have an experience as a man, obviously, and mm -hmm. I would just be curious if of any thoughts on. If you're you feel like you're treated differently, or are there are there pros and cons? I guess I could say mm. that's interesting. I guess my experience is, hmm. Wow, that is a good question. I know it's I, a tough. It's a big tough question. But. Yeah, it's a good question. No, it's an important question. Just to kind of shine light on on everything, right? It's all about perspective and. For me, with the experience that I have, I've never been like on some major tour or anything like that. You know, I've mostly just gigged like around LA and the same in Sweden, Stockholm and Uppsala, where I'm from. I, I can't say that I've, in the gigging, on the gigging end of it, I don't think that I've necessarily noticed something where it's like I've been tr mistreated or, you know, uh, and maybe that's also because I just don't have an, that much experience, right? I don't really have that much to compare, compare it with. But um compared to but i will say maybe i've noticed it like in in the writing process of being in a writing situation okay um where well i just had this one experience where it was we were trying to write some music and i guess it was the 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 producer wanted it to be a, just a little bit more edgy you know like a little bit more maybe even like sexual and and I just wasn't comfortable with with that. I, I just felt like that's just not the style of music that I want to write, you know? And it, it just didn't feel right. And I remember just feeling like, how do I say this, you know? <laughs> Without trashing the relationship, but also staying true to myself, right? Like as a, just a human being, like this is just not where I want to go. Let's try something else. But I think that's also just, something that comes down to the individual i don't know if it necessarily has to do with gender i think it's for me the, i'm speaking for myself like i think that the insecurities that i had didn't really make it easier for me to speak up right sure. another woman may have done that I, I i don't know but i think that what i have learned is it doesn't matter like if it's i know when something doesn't feel right i just know that and it's it's not you're not being rude. You're not like, you know, it's not wrong to feel the way you feel. You just have to communicate it. And then, you know, it does come down to how you communicate that in order to keep the, the relationship, I guess, and yeah, functioning. <laughs> right. 
kind of yeah i guess we keep circling back to to communication a lot so that's that'll be the theme of of the episode i guess (laughs) yeah yeah and and mindfulness (laughs) absolutely yeah I, i don't know i think that it just travels across so many different aspects of life i certainly know know that when i haven't been able to fully communicate what i really have been feeling it's something you end up getting you know it it just it sits with you for a while and you just you're doing yourself a favor and also the other person by just being transparent you know when it really comes down to it sure well it's interesting you you've you've mentioned a couple times about about insecurity um w- within the music and just listening to to the stuff you've put out it it feels very confident <laughs> so nice. I, and i don't know if I was trying to think, like, if I if I picked up any of the insecurity listening to it, I'm, I'm really just you you sing very confidently, so I, I guess I I'm not really picking that up, which I assume you're happy about. <laughs> uh, well, I think I guess I'm I don't I think it just comes to show that there's so much going on in a person that we don't know, right? Right. Like especially this, what you put out there. Exactly. What you release is not necessarily what's inside. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely you can you can hear in the song like, wow, this person's going through this or she's experiencing hardships with that. Like, but then again, you know, and I, it's it's just interesting. I've I've heard this before too with just talking to people, and and then they've been surprised at like, wow, do you? I never really thought of you that way or something, you know. And I'm like. And not to like put myself up on the, you know, pedestal or anything like that. I'm just, it's just fascinating to me because this is the world we live in. Like we think we know things about whether it's celebrities, whoever, there's so much going on that we don't know. And I think that that's the older I get, the more I realize that that's where we can really truly unite in, in being transparent. And for, we've, we've been growing up with like holding it back, kind of just, that's too much information or this, this and that. And, you know, there's a balance to everything, but I do think that there's some common ground there. We are all experiencing these feelings, especially after this pandemic. I think a lot of us are like, what the hell is going <laughs> on, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. Definitely a lot of things coming to the surface uh, yeah. recently for a lot of people. And I and I love the way you put it, that that things are not necessarily, you know, what we how we see them. Yeah. And that's... If if everybody can remember that, maybe we'll all get along a little right, better. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So you gigged. You've gigged both in in L.A. and in Sweden mainly. You said. Yes. What's have you noticed any major differences between those two places? Hmm. I will audience say, wise, I mean, maybe. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, like the audience or. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a big, a major difference, obviously, is the amount of, you know, venues that we have here in LA. That, that doesn't really necessarily um, exist in, in Stockholm in the same way. Again, you know, I've only never really, I've only scratched the surface, I think, in both LA and, and Sweden. But I guess that's the big difference. Whenever we, I mean, I've gone over with like this project I used to have called Bloom, and we went over and we had some gigs there. But it's definitely like, a little bit more of like a hustle to kind of find these places. I think there's a more, there's just, there are just more venues in LA. I think that's the big difference. Audiences, um, 
Well, you know, I mean, since I come from Sweden, I played mostly for people also that I know. I've had a different kind of turnout, you know. Right. Like, you know, and that's been so much fun because my family and friends mostly know me from like the soccer world. I used to play soccer for 14 years, like very, it was my life. So now right. they're like looking at me like, what? You're singing now? Like, you know, so <laughs> that's been, that's been cool. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. have any stories from from uh, the LA gigs or the Sweden Swedish gigs? Any tough oh, yeah. gigs or funny? Oh, just give gosh. me. A, I need a story. <laughs> story okay, time. I will give you a story, Evan. Here's <laughs> so. This is my first year in LA, going to Lackham, and I had my first. I think it was my very first performance, um, and it was for the class. Like, what was it? I can't remember if it was blues or jazz or something. And I was so excited and extremely nervous because this is the first time I was going to perform like really in front of an audience. And we had practiced it in, you know, class. And I was going to do this like rubato intro. And then it was going to go into like a nice groove and and the band was going to join in. But the, the rubato part was going to be me and guitar. And the first chord is played and I have no clue where to start like I start singing and I'm singing and I'm like this is not how we practice this <laughs> and I'm like what is that like what is that chord like what is this it was so like out there and I I mean as I was singing I was like this is not happening is this happening this outer is happening. body experience kind of oh thing. my god <laughs> and just like you know thankfully I couldn't see the audience because it's all black but I'm just like holy crap like what am I gonna do but I just keep going and eventually like I guess the drums come in like it's all it's just so blurry in my mind but <laughs> the band comes in and I finish the song and you can hear like some claps and I walk out and I'm like wow maybe I'm not supposed to do this like this is uh that was awful oh no oh it was so bad and you know I look back at that now and I can like laugh at it because I was just so, I was just so upset about it and not knowing, you know, I guess that's like ex where experience takes you now. I'd be like, hold the phone. Let's go back. Let's start over. <laughs> you know, right, kind of laugh yeah. at it. But then it was like this like big serious thing. Like what? I made like the most, you know, detrimental life choice in my life to just choose this path. Like I'm clearly not cut out for it, you know? Oh no! Well, yeah. Well, well, and and just to give some perspective, so you're, this was at school, right? This was at school, my first performance. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm guessing the performance hall. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, like you said, it's the lights are blinding <laughs> in that in that room, and very hot. By the way, they're like the, yes. At least back then, they were like the old lights that put out like they're like having a having a heat lamp up there, like. <laughs> 20 heat lamps yeah. aimed at you. Um, that, that was a very intimidating stage. Like I had performed a decent amount uh, coming into Talama and that stage was very intimidating Yeah, uh, because of those things I mentioned. And also the crowd is all music students and yeah. music teachers, uh, pros, and maybe like a couple parents or something. But it's an intimidating crowd too. You feel like everybody's just sitting there, arms crossed, exactly. like waiting for a mistake. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and they got it. Yeah. 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 Now, do you know what ha- what happened on that? Did the guitar play the wrong chord, or did you were you just in your own head uh, about not performing well? Uh, mm, well, I walked off the stage, and my teacher came up to me, and she was like, "I'm sorry, that was not. I don't know what was going on." So, I, I, it certainly was something that you know was not just in my head. It was, it was actually right. taking place. So that that confirmed it, um, and I guess, yeah. It was it was very evident that it was, uh, you know, to me it was just like well, I was just so lost because it was not how we had rehearsed it, you know. Do you think it was? I so you, so you're really not sure if it was the guitar playing a wrong chord. Okay, I don't think that the guitarist was playing <laughs> the wrong chord. I don't want to like you know trash Throw the guitarist. <laughs> he was an, an extremely talented guitarist i didn't talk to him after this about this either i don't think not to my knowledge i think i was just so devastated but he i don't think he was playing the wrong chords he was just the voicing was just so different than we had practiced like i couldn't hear the root i couldn't hear anything and i think just the maybe it was there but because my sheer like panic mode was just you know (laughs) it just kind of just i just lost place of, of everything so sure well that's actually a good i think a good lesson for for uh, musicians out there, especially when you're, I mean, this you said this was your first performance. Uh, when you're playing with anyone, I mean, I think it, in most situations it applies, but especially for someone who may be uh, still getting, kind of getting their feet wet gig-wise, uh, don't throw them curveballs like right. on their on their gig. Like, be perform it how you practiced. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, you know, try to help help each other out you're on the same team because uh, I think sometimes as musicians we we don't realize oh I can do this different voicing I can play this thing a little differently and it's I don't think it's going to mess anyone up but be a little if you're if you try to be a little more cognizant of where somebody else is at <laughs> you can maybe help help the performance overall Absolutely. I think uh yeah. Sorry. No, please go ahead. Oh, I was just I I, I couldn't help but but remember one of my fir- first performances at at Lama on that stage and uh we were playing <laughs> oddly enough we were I was performing with the uh who was going to be on the previous episode Pierre Luigi, my great friend from nice. Italy and we were doing this uh rock repertoire thing and again, it was the same kind of concept where he just made a decision to do something differently in the moment, How and we had practiced it a different way the entire time. And hopefully he's okay with me telling about this, but this was ancient history. Uh, but we were playing um, uh, Black Dog by by Led Zeppelin, and it's kind of a, a tricky thing because there's there's like a bunch of space between each time, you know, the, the instruments come back in. And the way we practice it every time was he's like keeping the beat in his head and then he gives it a little click on his stick right before coming back in, which I think I was Zeppelin even did it live. Uh, at least we saw that in a live video. And so we practice it that way every time. And then we're on stage and he decides not to do the click yeah. and just go right into the thing. So like for the first... And I thankfully i was 
aware enough and and that I was able to like jump in a bar late (laughs) that I was just able to to make it work but then I just kind of gave him this death stare like what are you doing dude and he just kind of saw and then he did because that happens throughout the song he he gave the click every other time and I I came up to him after the show I was just like dude what what happened he was just like oh well I thought that probably wouldn't be a good thing to do live to have that click in there and I was like yeah, but you could you could have told me. Communication. <laughs> like, like communication, yeah. So yeah. love Pierluigi, amazing drummer. Don't mean yeah. to disparage him. It was just and that was like our first llama performance, dude. Yeah. It's but, funny. Yeah. So He's communication. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, communication is very important. I think that you learn so much during those years in school. I think too is fascinating to look back at that time and be like, is every performance we had i mean in that performance hall was just walking up those stairs everybody sees you walking up those stairs you know yeah you walk off you go you sit down so it's 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 good but it's terrifying you know yeah i i really felt for whatever reason that that stage that just that situation or, or whatever was way more intimidating than like a show around la yeah or or anywhere it I, I that definitely was like a, an intense. I know I already said that, but <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah. I'm just remembering now how how much more anxiety I would have on that stage right. versus like anywhere else. That I was yeah, gigging. absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, it's interesting. Talk to me about that. I'm just curious if you have any more thoughts on like how you felt in that moment when you knew things were were going wrong. Like, because that's such a a unique feeling. Yeah. Man. I think I just felt everything and and nothing. I think it was a lot of stuff takes place in your head, right? The things that you're saying. I think for me, just to go back to, you know, insecurities, like I said, the first thing was like, man, this is not, I'm, I'm not doing a good job at this. This is not for me, right? That's kind of what I was thinking. And um. I mean, and I guess in a sense, I'm proud that I made it through the song and I didn't just like walk off. Yeah. But there was a lot of just panic going on and um, no sense of like presence. It was very much like you said, this out of body experience and could not enjoy just playing with the people I was playing with. That's the whole point too. It's not, I mean, I may be the singer, but I am nothing without these musicians, right? Like it's a group effort. So I couldn't enjoy that at all. Um yeah. We bless you. I couldn't or I couldn't enjoy that at all. So um I think it was just like sheer panic, the emotions and like also trying to remember the lyrics, you know. Right. And that whole process. Um which today, you, you know, I would do differently. Sure. Well, yeah, t- tell me how you would do it differently and and if if it happened again, if it happened tomorrow. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think there's nothing wrong in just stopping a song. And I know, and, and I think, because I went to go see Bonnie Vare in Pomona oh, cool. 2012 or something, and he was going to sing uh, Skinny Love, which, you know, everybody knows. And he started off the song, and I think they, I don't know, I think they were playing it in like the wrong key or different keys even. And he just, <laughs> he, was, he just stopped. He was like, wait, wait, you know, like, that, that that's not right, <laughs> you know? And so... I remember seeing that thinking like, wow, you know, you you can be this really successful artist and then you you mess up and you just go at it again. Like you laugh at yourself almost. So I think that if that happened to me, 
you know, tomorrow, I would definitely feel more confident being just stopping it, laughing at it, but then really remembering that it's not just, it's not about me. It's about us together delivering a message or, you know, which is a song together. So definitely just having more focus on being in the moment because as you know, you go up, you perform, the gig's over and we're like, ugh, what? I wasn't even like, I didn't even enjoy that. Sometimes you've had gigs like that where just, you're just going through it, but you're not really there. You're not seeing the person that's playing, like looking back, smiling or whatever it may be. So I think I would just definitely have a completely different approach. And that is a result of just having done it, but also growing in my own, like just feeling more secure in myself, I guess. Sure. How how are you able to get over that, you know, in the days after how were you able to pick yourself back up and and not quit well i had another performance i think the day after or maybe two days after and that it was like day and night that went so well it felt felt way better um which definitely showed me that you know stuff's gonna happen it's not it's all it's like it's a lot about expectations too right you go up there and you're like, I'm going to kill this song, you know, or like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But I think that it definitely robs you of the opportunity to just like be there and be present. So when I had the second performance, I think I grew in like confidence and was like, okay, well, that was just a bad experience. Like, how can you learn from this? And also, as you know, with the pace of the school, you just throw them right back into it. It's like, whoop, right. what happened? Here we go. Next thing, next, next. So in a sense, that kind of saves you because you have no choice but to move forward. Right. I think they kind of make it that way, you know, purposefully because everyone does have those moments when you're when you're in music school, pretty much everyone. <laughs> um you're you're gonna fall at some point some you know because the the whole idea is to put to push you as much as they can and throw as much at you as they can so you can you can grow as quickly as possible but that doesn't come without uh, cracking a few eggs you know oh yeah so that's cool have you had any like great gig experiences since then to 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 look at it to see the other side of the coin yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely i think there's two um two gigs that really stand out. I think the first one was a gig I did in a, it was a small town in, in Sweden, but these, uh, I was playing with two musicians, Simon and Ludwig, who I think you were in the same quarter as. Oh maybe? yeah. 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 I never said their names that way, but, uh, yeah. I, I do know them. Great guys. Simon, Simon, okay. Ludwig, and <laughs> Ludwig, I guess you would say, right. I had a gig with them in a small town. I think we just did like a mix of songs, like a bunch of covers. And there was this one song that I was going to do that was, you know, I was the lead on, I was singing lead. And I felt so confident about like just the song. Like I knew the song. I knew exactly how it went. There was this level of like, you know, when you learn a song and you you really learn it the way the the record is, but then there's like a little bit of like, wiggle room i guess where you can kind of make it your own but you're you're still respecting the song sure and i feel like i found that place with that song i can't remember the name of the song but i just remember performing it and it was like the place was packed and 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 everybody was like singing and dancing and i just felt like i was connecting with everybody the audience but also the band 
And I just remember the song was done and I was like, this is what it's about. This feeling of being on stage. And it didn't have anything to do with like, look at me, look at me performing this song. It was really like, what a beautiful experience. This is what people talk about when they're saying that you can't even describe it. So it was such a profound feeling of community and of like, just having this shared experience. Once we leave this room, we all go about our lives and that was that. But for one, for three minutes or three and a half minutes, we had this moment and that was so powerful to me because it really solidified what I feel like I've been, what I have been feeling just this relationship with music throughout my life. And it, it just, I just saw it firsthand, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, and then the other time was, I think it was my most recent gig in Sweden when I went back, uh, performed a mix of like original tunes. I had the covers here and there. And again, I think it's funny because you can look back at your career and you can see how you grow as a person. And I've always been in my head. I've always been so judgmental of everything. Like I sing something and it's maybe I'm a little flat or maybe I'm sharp. And I'm just thinking about that versus like continuing on and being present, right? I guess that's the mindfulness theme that we're talking about here. But <laughs> And I felt like, I mean, I've, I messed up so many times, but I could embrace it completely differently this time because it was not even about the mistakes. It was like, oh my God, my dad's here. Like, cool. And <laughs> what my colleague from like, I don't know how many years back. So again, this feeling just free, feeling super present, really enjoying being up there with friends and performing for family and strangers. It was a beautiful experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think as you know, mistakes go on stage, it's all about the recovery. <laughs> it's all about right. how, how yeah. quick you can get back in. And I think most things are forgiven Definitely from the audience, but but even from your fellow musicians, right? If, you, if it just doesn't sink you, it it doesn't, you know, it's just a little wobble of the train, yeah. but it doesn't come off the tracks. Like most people aren't going to care. Yeah, it's kind of like ancient history. Like immediately, if you're <laughs> if you're right back on. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, have you ever have you had any other like? So that's great. Good start. We got it. We yeah. got some positive. Yep. Have you had any other? Any other tough situations? Gig, it could be gig or or even in the studio. Any other? Because this is gig stories, I'm, right? I I do like I like the positive, but I also I think it's it's really good to to tell people the crazy negative things that have happened because it then when you experience it yourself, you don't feel like it's just you. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Mm, I mean, besides the like, you know terrible sound systems and like not being able to hear yourself, you know, sometimes doing backups. Like I remember there was this one time the monitor, like the music was just so loud where we were. And I like, I could just, I couldn't hear myself. I had no clue what was going on out there. I was just praying that it sounded like, okay. Um, but there's like one other situation that comes to mind. I was going to do this like performance on a Swedish radio. It was live. It was early in the morning and I told them which song I was going to perform. And I think that they got it wrong and they like presented me and they're like, okay, Mona Naive with the da 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 da. And I'm like, actually, it's this song or something. I can't oh, remember. No. <laughs> oh, and so 
again, I mean, I guess communication, but also, and I, I, I could have easily performed the other song that they had presented, but in my mind, I was so set on this. This is the song I'm doing. And so, I mean, the performance itself went well, but it was just this weird, like, vibe then in the studio sure. afterwards like especially going in and like trying to perform after them presenting the wrong song and then afterwards being like okay t- sorry about that but you know because <laughs> i think i'd even advertise like i'm going to perform this song on you know so people were expecting this song and then you know just a, a small thing but i remember thinking oh crap like what Oops. yeah that could totally take you out of the mo you know you're you're getting ready to sing this song that <laughs> Uh, that that would totally throw you off, and, and yeah. you probably, you know, would have felt like you didn't perform the other song as as well as you could have because you were just all geared up for a certain exactly. one. And I'm sure it was if they would have responded maybe better, like if they would have just laughed with it, they yeah. that could have helped the the vibe change. But I, I'm I could I could definitely see that getting awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, it was so quiet. It was so so awkward. <laughs> Oh man. I was like, somebody laugh, please. <laughs> yeah. Very awkward. Oh man. Yeah, I was I remember doing a, 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 a one of those live kind of radio performances and <laughs> there was just a long pause between like the guy introduced us and I think what happened was the singer and the drummer both thought that the other were gonna count th- them yeah. off. So they both were just staring at each. I mean, I think looking back on it, I think I listened to it. and I was like, it, that it felt a lot longer yeah. than it was. Yeah. But in the moment, I'm you know the guy introduces us, and then it was just like silent <laughs> for like a long. To me, it I don't it, anytime like in that situation, uh, live or on the on the air or whatever. I guess even this too. Like every second feels like an eternity right that's just right. dead air <laughs> yeah so i yeah. remember just and this was kind of like a, a big radio performance and i just remember standing there like what is going on this is just right. <laughs> and then yeah. finally i think they both were like giving each other the eye of like are you gonna go are you gonna go yeah <laughs> and then finally yeah. like then there was like the count off and it was just like that felt like <laughs> That three seconds or whatever, ten seconds, whatever it was, felt like eternity. Yeah, we're, it's it's weird, right? It's like we can't, we're not used to that. We want to just fill stuff up, fill the space up with something. Well, so when people are listening and watching, sure. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Well, is something coming? What's happening?" Yeah, right. Well, and performance-wise too, like between songs, and I might have even talked about that already on the on the on the pod, but just trying to get that flow between songs is so huge right and sometimes with various bands i've had that issue of of uh that dead that dead silence between songs where it's like let's go come on yeah Uh, you build up all this energy and especially when you have like a dance floor going and everybody's like vibing and then it's just like everybody's like all right i guess i'm gonna go to the bathroom (laughs) or go get a drink because where's the you know yeah so for sure it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Do yeah. you have any uh, do you have any more like, like goals for for your music coming? You know, coming up. I know you got a song coming out. Yeah. Um. 
I guess my goal is I've just been in like writing mode quite a bit. So I would love to either just keep re- releasing singles or maybe more of like an EP. That would be fun too. Yeah. Um, I guess that's my like most, yeah, that's my goal right now is getting these really picking from the demo, I guess, library that I have and, and just being like, well, this is, I want to do this one. I have, I have some ideas of what I want to do. That's cool. Yeah. No, I know. I'd be curious because I, I feel like uh, the voiceover stuff and the acting, like that's a gig too. Right. You know, yeah. I, I would be curious just to hear your different mindset for the different things, having a music gig, having a voiceover, having an acting gig. Like how do you, how do you feel like you approach things differently or what can you draw from that's the same? I'm just curious because yeah. you're in both worlds if you right. have anything um, I think there's a lot of stuff that's kind of comes back to just being the same. Um, as far as preparation goes, like when it comes to voiceover, usually it's you get a script and then you just do it. Like sometimes you just, I get like a day's notice. I mean, I guess that's the same thing with, with music too. You have a gig the day after, you just got to learn the music. Although, you know, for voiceovers, I have the the... The, the lyrics or not the lyrics, the text or the script right there, right? Yeah. You could do that at a gig as well. But I, I like to learn for gigs. I really do want to get off, you know, anything, you know, I have to read. I think the big difference there is that as far as, and then just the voiceover is just me and my voice. There's no music going on. It's So I tend to get very, very picky with how I pronounce certain things or, you know, it's definitely more detailed kind of work when it comes to that acting same thing with learning you know a script same kind of preparation that goes in i think a lot of it what i do see is again getting out of my own head and not trying it trying to get so locked in with like or having it be a certain way do you know what i mean yeah so i think that's the common ground that i can see is having fun with it i do definitely just get into this like super serious mode and you forget like why am i why am i i'm not even enjoying this you know not to say that everything has to be fun but that whole kind of mindset of of being very intentional with with the work whether it's voiceover acting whatever there's still a level of of um presence for me and I, i keep talking about this and you know forgive me if i keep repeating myself but i think that's like the big lesson after this pandemic it's almost like we live in this this have, have this idea of things going on forever and life is t- it's happening now so right. a lot of that is has come through in my work too um i'd say yeah that's a good point a lot of times it, you, you see after the fact like during it you're like like you said you feel like something's going to go on forever or uh it's just going to keep getting better it's just like, oh, right. this is this. It's just gonna keep getting better. And then sometimes, <laughs> that was it. That was as good exactly. as it was gonna get. And then yeah. you feel like you never really enjoyed it, maybe in yeah. the moment, uh, because you always were thinking about it getting better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That- <laughs> some, yeah. It's it's funny because we we. It's almost like we do one thing, like just like you said, one thing, and then okay, and then maybe that's gonna happen, and your mind tends to go all these places right and it's it's like it's this one thing just do that and then and that's that and then who knows right yeah well i think it's like trying to find that balance of 
I think, oh, you know, it's like you always want to push yourself. You always want to have uh, goals, something to aspire to, something, to, you know, building things. I think if if you're hitting your goals, then you got to make a new goal, right? Like, right, sure. You don't want to just be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at, at the same time, trying to balance that with like taking moments to be mindful, like you said, to to enjoy where you're at. Yeah. Whether it's just a random gig that you're like, well, I would rather be at a better gig, but like, let's, this is cool. I'm playing, you know, these people are into it. I'm playing with these good guys, like whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, trying to at least take moments of like enjoying where you're at. It's not sure. easy. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, when I, and when I say that, I think for me, a lot in the past has been about, you know, I, I maybe I place too much expectation on, on myself, expectations on myself where, you know, you go to, I'm from Sweden, right? So I go to LA and then you write this song, like after releasing Limbo and Howling, I almost felt like, okay, this is now the route I want to go. And this is what people are expecting from me. They expect me to sound like this. So whenever I did write something that wasn't really necessarily in that kind of genre, I guess, I almost felt like I was letting people down or like i'm oh i'm not going the route i'm supposed to go you're supposed to do this as an artist right like and maybe this is where you know this whole being a, a woman in the industry expected to do a certain thing like i'm 36 now you know i'm not and i was 26 when i moved to la so already according to some i was too old so like what am i going to do now should i just give up you know so i think that for me when I say being super intentional and present with everything, whether you're setting a goal, you still have to be present with that goal and do it for the right quote unquote reasons, like for yourself and not what, I guess this is where it gets tricky with what the industry is like, right? You want to stay true to yourself, but then this is what everybody else is doing. So you're supposed to follow this recipe, so to speak. So it is a hard place to find like that balance, I guess. Definitely. It's really interesting. We we both moved to LA at 26. Nice. That's super interesting. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you? Uh, I, I I yeah. It was really interesting what you're saying. Like how how do you set goals for yourself, and how do you uh, decide how how like ambitious to make those goals? And just I, I'd be curious to get your yeah. thoughts on that. It's a good question. I think that I I generally just sit with I sit with it. Like I, I have this whiteboard where I write I used to have this thing where I would I had like several goals, right? I'm gonna do this, 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 this. Now when I work towards something, literally it just says roots on my whiteboard right now. <laughs> just finish the song. Like, just release the song. And funny enough, other th it doesn't mean that everything else stops music-wise. I'm still writing. And if maybe even more than I would if I had, had put the, you know, like, I'm going to do 10 songs or whatever and list all the songs. So for me, I just break it down to something very simple because I've learned that by ex from experience. And it, it becomes this, like, pressure. Like, look at all this, like, this giant list. So... I really try to just break it down and I really think about why I'm doing it. I think the why is so important. Why do I want to release Roots? Well, I first, it's an important song to me, period. How can I make it 
the how can I serve the song? Cool. And then I go from there. So it's really like breaking it down. And then I do that with like for my the acting stuff that's kind of going on on the side right now. It's like, I just want to learn a monologue. Let's, why? Well, it's fun. Let's do it because it's fun. And, and then that's kind of how I go, go about it. It used to be so much pressure related to it. Yeah. Right? And it takes away all everything from it. The the, the creativity, it, a lot of a lot of the good stuff disappears. You know. Yeah, that's super interesting. So, have you kind of eliminated the the kind of more long term goals for things, and are you are just really focusing more on on small like quick things? Yeah, I think that I have. I mean, I have I have long term goals, but it's the same thing. I still have to ask, like, why do I want it to be that? And and I guess. I have like a long-term goal, but I don't necessarily need to go, okay, and then here are all the steps to get there. I, for me, that doesn't work. And maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. I just feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. I have like a long-term goal, but then I break it down to like, what can I do now that makes sense to me and that really keeps me grounded and staying true to my intention. So it doesn't necessarily eliminate the long-term goals, but it's not... I, I guess I just don't want to get caught up in some moment that's off in the future too much because things can still happen here and now that can change the course of whatever may happen. So to me, it's a lot about this expectations and being too um, set on one path. I, I kind of like to keep it a little bit open, you know? Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I Do you have any other, like, advice for for other like aspiring artists i know i feel like there's been advice throughout this whole <laughs> podcast but i don't know if is there anything yeah. else that hmm. that you would tell people that maybe want to want to get into music want to be a want to be a recording artist yes i guess i would say just be very clear on why you want to do it because there is definitely an aspect of it where people can see somebody who's made it we're seeing the we we see them when they've made it, but we don't necessarily see the journey there. And it's not always this like overnight sensation. People work really hard to get where they're at. And so when young people maybe look at that and think, "That's what I want. I want to be in on a stage with like a hundred thousand you know people in the crowd," and and that's cool. But like, do you, are you doing it because you actually enjoy music? Like, do you write? Do you, do you like to create music? Um, do you enjoy performing? Like what it, it really just comes down to the why, I think, because it's so easy to get lured into this world and and think that it's gonna be a certain way, and then you're like, oh my god, all this work. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It makes you question your intentions for sure. That's great. Well, and also the lifestyle. For sure. Is, oh yeah. Is so unique and it's really just not for everyone. I mean, I think a lot of people can get wrapped up in like, well, I, I like writing music and this is what I want to do. And then the the lifestyle just doesn't really work for them, but they're not willing to, to try something different. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great recipe for being unhappy. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, so I think that was a big thing for me moving deciding to, to come to LA was like, well, I want to see if I like this. Yeah. <laughs> like I always had that in mind of like, well, let's, let's see. I don't know. 
I don't know if I'm going to like it. And um, I'm still kind of figuring that out. And, and yeah. I've, I've pivoted what I've what I've done multiple times because I'm I'm still trying to find the exact. I think I've I think I've found it now with the studio, and nice. and with like peppering in gigs and and all these different things. But for a while, it was like, I mean, there was like five years there where I was gigging full time, mm-hmm. like, and there were great. There's great things about it, but it was too much for me. Like it just wasn't. It wasn't sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have any regrets about it because I've had. I've got great. I've got some great stories that uh, I think. Well, I, I enjoy. Yeah. And you know, great had great experiences that I can learn from and and utilize now in the studio and, and in different things. But uh, I think figuring out the lifestyle that that you want to live and it's cool to try things, but be o- to be open to not liking something and being able to to kind of pivot if you need to. Yeah. I think that's huge what you're saying because I don't know about you, but I came from a very like traditional, like working nine to five and then, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you go to school and that's great because you still have the, the routine and you have something you're working towards. Right. And then you get out and you're like, Whoa, how am I going to pay rent this yes. month? You know? Yes. So there's definitely that whole aspect that really makes you question again, your intention, right? Why am I doing this? But mm, that that's huge. That's really one of the biggest things. I think I yeah, I'm still struggling with that too, trying to find my place and and all that, you know, getting yeah. older and yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, and we're we're around the same age. I'm about to turn 37 myself, so it's we've Woo-hoo. been on this kind of interesting similar trajectory with coming to LA yeah. at, at 36. Yeah. Uh How do you feel then about like w- where you're at? This is a personal question now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, I, I professionally, <laughs> I feel pretty yeah. good because I'm just really excited about about the studio, the basement, and just been so fortunate to have clients coming in and more and more as as things have been opening up more and uh, just I just have always loved being in the studio so cool. much, and I've now found a way to be in a studio like every day <laughs> nice. I, I, yeah. by making my own so yeah i love it and i i look forward to things opening up more because i do miss at least getting to gig here and there because that's one of the things that just gets me out and gets me yeah. social and i don't know about you but uh a lot of times gigging one of the things i liked about it was that I've just found myself in places that I would never have gone if I didn't yeah. have the gig. I mean, just like these podunk country bars <laughs> and the or these dive bars in LA or wherever, going on tour. And it's, I, I mean, I played a gig in Ireland and in China. And it's just like, I would have never done a lot of that stuff. I, I might have just been sitting on the couch. I don't know. So right. it's... I I do miss getting at least some gigs because it really just like forces me to get out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for asking. I I I'm very encouraged with <laughs> with what I'm doing now. But it's still a it's still a process, you know, yeah. figuring it all out. Right. It's so interesting because I think, like like you said too, with um, 
um, being able to see all these places, right, that you haven't, that you wouldn't see otherwise. I went to Japan in 2018, which is an amazing experience for awesome. music too. And that was great. Um, but I think just what you said there with, you know, it's a process. And I think we always live, we kind of live with this whole thing of like reaching a finish line, which in the end, which somehow then indicates that you've reached you know, that that's your final destination. We don't really want to be there, right? Like we still want to keep <laughs> this thing going. So it's this like complex relationship, I guess, with like these goals, right? I mean, you can right. set a goal and you can keep working afterwards, but just seeing life as this process and it's never, you don't have to like hurry up to get somewhere, right? And I think that's really what we can see in the in this industry too. It's, it's ever changing, right? So it's cool. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, having to readjust your goals along the yeah. way. So one thing that I think a lot of uh, a lot of aspiring musicians say, uh, and actually, well, so I, when I went I went back to music music school for for uh, audio engineering um, hmm. in 2018, and one the first day of one of the classes, this was just like one of these interesting moments. Uh, the teacher asked everybody. Uh, I don't remember how many students are in the class, but yes, everybody. So if you guys could just get by on music, raise your hand if that's enough for you. Everybody raises their hand except me. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher, who's this great, great, one of my favorite teachers there, Chris, Chris Hawkins, just kind of looks at me and kind of like smirks. And he just goes, Evan, uh, you're the first person who's ever not raised their hand for this question in all my years teaching. Why yeah. didn't you raise your hand? And I was just like, uh, well, I've kind of, I mean, I've been a mu professional musician for, you know, at, at that point, I think six years or something. And I was like, I've done that. And it just, it's just not enough. Like, mm -hmm. and he was just like, Yes, <laughs> that right. is what I was getting to. Yeah, uh, just getting by sucks. Yeah, and the thing is, that's always that always seems to be everyone's first goal is to like, I just want to get by. I just want to like make enough money to 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 pay rent, and I'm good. But the thing is, when you get there, ninety percent, ninety eight percent of people are going to be like. Well, this still kind of sucks because I, yeah, because I, uh, I want more than it. It's really hard to just skate by on just enough. Yeah, uh, especially in the U.S. and in L.A. and it's expensive. Oh you know, life is expensive. So yeah, I, I think just trying to find that balance of you know, if you're only fueled by money, that's not a recipe for happiness either. But if you're if you totally cut it out of the equation, I feel like that is also a recipe to be unhappy because it's unfortunately, I guess unfortunately, it's just part of of life, yeah. of your quality of life, of of trying to, to have something sustainable, have a family, like whatever you want to do with your life. Yeah. Um, so that's, sorry to go on a tange here, but... No, no, I think that's so important, what you're saying. And I definitely agree. You, you, can't, you can't have, like, I'm sorry to cut you off now, but... No, please. Um, 
I think that was one of the big insights that I had too. It was definitely like, what if I can just, if I can just get by, that's amazing. Just doing what I love. Are you kidding me? It gets really old really quickly too. And as you get older, you're like, well, if you want to have a family, little babies can't eat, you know, the love that you have for music, right? Like they have to eat food (laughs) or you have to have like a roof over your head. So it definitely changes your perspective on things. And uh, I think if you can find, it just certainly comes back to you again. Like what, what makes you happy in the end, if you can make it work where you're not, you know, what is, what's the saying? Live to work or work to live or oh, yeah. work to live? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, live to, yeah, <laughs> now I'm messing it up. I can't but yeah. remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Work to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get it. They get it. Yeah, they get it. They get it. You know what <laughs> like, I'm saying. We just right. don't want money to be the driving factor, right? You still have to have like some respect that you need money, but also not just constantly having to just break your back over it, you know? Right, it's finding the the kind of the right equation, the way yeah. the right formula, uh, where money's still in there, but it's not it's not too big of a of a driving exactly. force. And and for some people, maybe they want it to be the biggest, and that's you know, to sure. each his own. Yeah, and it was it actually was interesting what you're saying. Like, uh, just one comment on that where you said like, well, it gets old fast when you're just getting by, it's true. There, there can be a time like, when you first get to that point of like, I'm, I just paid my rent with yep. gigs. Like, wow, what a, what an amazing feeling. So there is a point there where it's going to feel awesome, yeah. but it's just not sustainable. Like over time, you're going to be like, I mean, if three years later, you're still, or 10 years later, you're still just like, I just made rent by yeah. doing these 20 gigs this month, like it's going to get old. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's it's really, maybe this is too personal, but uh, there there's part of a thing that's been in the back of my head a lot of times gigging is this like picture of, I, I, I'm very visual, like I see images of things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to be that just like, old broken down guy playing a gig like because he needs that 20 bucks or you know like it's that's one of those things okay how do I not like I want if I want to gig when I'm old I want to do it because I want to not because like I don't want that to be I don't know you get what I'm saying (laughs) yeah you don't want you don't want to do it because you just have to and then you're at the gig and you're like ugh, you can't even enjoy it right like it's yeah you're just trying to survive. And, you know, again, like you said, this is definitely very individual, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. But I think for me, at least it was, it became very evident very quickly that I, I don't want, I just don't want it to be just one thing, just singing and performing. That's it. Yes. Like for me, I know now, having been here for almost 10 years, right? It's like, It's not, I've made myself wrong for that for the longest time. You're a singer, you're this, you're this. Always living with imposter syndrome, but still like this is what (laughs) you're supposed to do. And then kind of deviating from that and then feeling like you're failing. And it's it's not, it's just whatever works for you. And I know that now that it's, I I like to have several different things going on. Me too, me too. And and yeah, I think we, I think most of us, that aren't completely delusional do you know deal with the imposter syndrome yeah. at least from time to time you know some more than others 
How how do you is there have you found a way of of dealing with that? Um, you know, just talking about it, I think, is huge. Yeah. I've talked to my friends about it also in in music, and it comes down to too, like, well, what do you define as an artist, and why do you feel this way? Like, what what kind of idea do you have of of you know a person being an artist? Like, what defines that? And to me, it was like, well, it's this person that just wakes up. And it's just music always going on, you know, whether they're listening to music, it's just music, music, music. And I'm like, man, I'm not like that. I don't just sit and write songs and 10, 15 songs, you know, in a month or whatever. Like, that's my idea of it. And so therefore I've created that. That's, that's why I feel like I haven't lived up to that standard. So right. talking about it and being like, wow, it's just, it's very subjective, but it's also like, well, what... You know, you can still be an artist and still have another job, you know what I mean? Like, or teach. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, just talking about it, I think, and being very honest and transparent about it has definitely helped. I like that. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Strength in numbers. Yeah, exactly. Talk about, you, you mentioned your parents, uh, and similar to me, like, you know, they, they're very, I guess, would you say that your parents are conservative and that you said they're nine to five? And I would, I said, I'd be curious how, how they've responded to, to you coming to LA and trying to do music thing and just be curious yeah. about that. Well, I'll try to give you a little bit of background. My, my father's left Morocco in the late sixties to go via Europe and then he made it to Sweden. So he always had this like dream of there being more to life. He was, he grew up in the desert, so he was, you know roaming the desert with camels and sheep and whatnot, you know, awesome. and he always just, he got himself an education. Like he, he worked so hard to get to where he's at today. So I grew up hearing these stories of like, you know, all his journeys and all the things that he'd experienced and he was scared, but he did it. And so hearing that throughout my life, it wasn't a surprise to them that I would move to LA. They never said, you know, don't go or, you know, stay they they kind of just knew that that's that's what i wanted out of life i just wanted the experience thankfully they've been so supportive of course they've you know whenever i have experienced hardships you know financial hardships they've just kind of been like okay well so you know as a parent would probably like what's the plan and uh you know what are you thinking but never in any way discouraged me from being on this path and that's been huge the same thing goes with my friends and so I think that was really important and um, definitely gave me a level of peace, you know, being here. It's extremely hard to be away from home. I'm not going to lie. I think, I mean, I, I guess I have two homes now, right? You know, I have in my life here and in Sweden, but um, they, I'm so, I changed so much the first day, like I, you know, came to campus and it was like, it was just so nice to be somewhere where nobody knew you and you got to start from scratch. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great environment to, uh, I don't know, find yourself and create yourself. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah. over. I yeah. And I think that for me, what I did realize, like I mentioned before about, you know, this imposter syndrome and this is what you're, expect you're supposed to do if you're like a true artist coming from, you know, my parents just always worked, right? So, I, and I've always worked too prior to coming here, but there was a sense of like, I'm just not made for this thing. And I don't want to make myself wrong for feeling like I have to fit into this box of like doing it the traditional way. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just 
for me, I know that that's, that's always been hard. So now I feel like I'm finding that place. And, and luckily, you know, they've, they've been very supportive with that too. And adding that flexibility and always talking about, you know, like different ways to, to work things out. So I've been very, very fortunate when it comes to that. That's awesome. Yeah, not not everyone has the no <laughs> that yeah. instant support. So that's that's great. Yeah, and your dad has such an interesting story. I'm sure. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to hear the the song. Thank you. Uh, how do you uh, do? You think you'll perf- perform it live and and get a band together, or I'd love to do. I would love to do an acoustic version of the song. Yeah, probably we're we're talking about doing that. So that's that's probably going to happen. Yeah. It'll be fun. That's cool. Could you ever see yourself going on on tour, or is that just not something that you're interested in? Whether I it's think, on your, whether it's like you headlining or or as even as a as a backup background singer. I'm definitely open to it. I think that's the one experience I haven't really had. You know, yeah. I've only ever really been. I mean, besides the gig in Japan, but it was a little bit different. Um, Definitely open to it. I don't think that. Oh well, it's it's not on my long term goal list, so to yeah. speak. Um, if it happens, it's great. It would mostly just be like, wow, I get to do that. Cool. So yeah, that's cool. What yeah. else are you listening to these days? Hmm. Anything inspiring you at the moment? Hmm. You know, we went back to just listen to. We started, you know, just a playlist on on Spotify, like a Bob Dylan. I think I was listening to Hey Lady, Hey, da, 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 yeah. da, da, like that song, sure. which I'd never heard. Not like, what is this? Um, I, I tend to go back to like a lot of old older stuff lately. It's like Nina Simone, um, you know. But every now and then, I'll also get into like the Black Keys. Love them. Love Black Keys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, they're so so dope. Um, it's a it's a mix of everything. I haven't really stayed too like. I'm not really. I guess in, I haven't been listening to the top forty much, at all. Um, but I'd like to get back into that. I saw that Billy release or is releasing an album, Billie Eilish. Um, yeah. this summer I think that'll be cool. I think she's really cool. I like her a lot. I like her a lot too, and she's uh, from down the street from me, That's Highland right. Park. They live, yeah, they live in Highland Park. That's cool. Did you see her documentary? No, it's on my que- it's in my queue, but yeah. I haven't. Why you you saw it? Oh, it's it's great. Awesome. I loved it. I really did. It's really cool. Yeah. So I just listen to a mix of everything these days. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. I mean, I've had a great great time getting to know you a little better here. Likewise, and- Evan. Getting your thoughts on uh, on music and and life in general. Yeah, and thank I, you I, so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's it's my pleasure. I thank you so much for doing it. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to to talk to you sometime in the future when uh, you know you're releasing more music and or maybe yeah. you've pivot, pivoted and are acting in a big movie or <laughs> whatever you're doing. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be great and. Maybe Thank we you. can check back in sometime in the future. I'd and maybe, love that. And we can we can be friend now that we found out we're basically neighbors. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I'll have to come over. Person. I love Highland Park. I would just come down there and and just walk around. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. come yeah, come by see the studio sometime. That'd be I'd great. I love that. Yeah, that'd be I'd, so cool. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much for doing this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm.
Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye.